Hi, I'm Dan Gibson. I'm on staff here with Chi Alpha at CSU, and welcome to the Chi Alpha Winter Break Podcast. This week's episode, Nate and Brent sit down and talk about the spiritual realm, and I get to sit down with one of the founding fathers of Chi Alpha CSU, Duncan Chance, and have him share some stories of what it was like to pioneer here in Fort Collins. Jumping back in here on Knowledge of the Holy for the last five chapters, if you've been following along with the reading uh, with us. And Brent, how, what's been going on? Yeah, we finally reached the uh, chapter from which the book gets its title, Knowledge of the Holy. Chapter 21 is on the holiness of God. And I thought it would be really good to uh, quickly go back to the previous section of chapters and look at the transcendence of God is right. really connected with the holiness of God in this chapter. Right. In the transcendence of God in that chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter 13, Tozer uses this illustration of a family who are camping in the wilderness yep. and their young daughter uh, happens to vanish. That She gets lost. And the family up until this point have been marveling at the wonder and the majesty of the mountains and yeah. the beauty of nature but as soon as the girl's missing, the, all their attention shifts to her, to finding her. And he points out, why is this? Why are they more uh, in tune or amazed by her uh, than the material reality surrounding them? Right. So what does he say? Like so his point is them? basically that spirit is superior to everything. Like Without the spiritual reality in this world, it's all meaningless. Right. Yeah, and so we we kind of were talking. If you were listening at our last uh, cast here, we we were talking about just the idea of the morality of God. That everything is coming into this idea of coming. The closer we get to to Him, literally, the closer we're getting into understanding of morality. Um, but but also reality. Yeah. Like I I think it's fascinating. Uh, to me, I think it's fascinating when we think about a transcendent meaning. You know, other um, God who is not necessarily, he has no physical attributes in and of himself uh, in his own nature. Right, I mean, yeah. Aside from yeah. the incarnation was fascinating because the, the transcendent gods became um, right. physical incredible. And, yeah. and just the profoundness of, of his pursuit of us in that way. But, but he's not physical. And so yeah. All of a sudden, where does the physical come from then? Right. Because it's yeah. coming from him, right? Uh-huh. And, and I think it's just fascinating how even actually the physical, in my mind, is is really just an expression of of his being in a way that so that we can understand him better. You know, I, you know, I think of the stars and just how how do you and he actually toes him and talks about that. Like, how do you understand anything about God? Well, we have to, at some level, come into a connection with the physical world because everything other yeah. than what we know has to be understood through what we do know. Right. And and like how even if God just made a bunch of us, you know, spiritual, if there if it wasn't for the physical world, the physical world is such a powerful, like literally living metaphor for for this God, and so and so we are able to relate to Him in so many ways. Which sometimes uh, C.S. Lewis would say, sometimes we we can go overly literal. You know, when Jesus goes up, you yeah. know, ascends to the heavens right. at the 
and when he goes up to the father, right, he's, he's literally acting in the physical so the disciples can understand what's going on, yeah. even though we understand in a broader sense it, it wasn't up, right? Yeah. Right, he's not was, just rocketing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, space. he's on the third moon <laughs> from, you know, Jupiter's, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Like, it's it's not that, but it's that the physical helps us understand the spiritual. Wow. So what is spirit then? If, if you know, yeah. we were to define it, I actually was asked that question once on campus, and I thought it was one of the best questions I've ever been asked. Yeah. Because it stumped me for a moment. Yeah. Because uh, we so often define what is spiritual by what it's not. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. It's not physical. Yeah. So that's what spirit is. Right. So, like, so well, what is what it in a in a positive sense? In a in right. And not in its negation, but what yes. it actually is. Well, I think this is where um, <laughs> we stump everyone. And if anyone can tell you this is definitively what it is, you're probably talking to somebody who is at best oversimplifying and at worst is totally off the mark. But but we do understand that God has made himself knowable. Right. I, I love the part yeah. earlier in this book where Tozer's talking about, you know, the closer the prophet got to the throne of God, the more they had to fight for something to hold on to it to, to relate it to. Right. It's like it's like this. Yeah. And something like that. Yeah, Ezekiel's vision. Yeah, yeah. Ezekiel's mm-hmm. vision. Then it's mm-hmm. like something sort of like yeah, this. Likeness like of a throne and yeah, yeah, likeness of a man. Yeah. Yeah. These adding adjectives, you know, it's like sort of unto this thing that's sort of like that, yeah. unto you know, and so so it gets more uncertain. Wow. Um and and I think, you know, C. S. Lewis in a book, Miracles, highlights that just the same idea that Tozer was kind of getting at with some of this stuff, and he's just saying like, you know, the way that you could understand an orange, um, if you've never had an orange, is by relating it to an apple. If you had an apple, you could say it's it's like that. It's about the same shape, yeah. about the same size. Uh, it's it's more yellow, like the sun, and it's a little more tart, like you know this um, know, pear or something. That's sure. you know. So you you relate it to other things, and then you get this conceptual idea. But the problem is, is what happens if you're trying to define something that is so wow. other. Yeah that nothing in the physical world can quite even take hold of any of its attributes. And I think that's where Tozer really is trying to elevate this idea of the spirit. But where does that leave us, right? Yeah. It goes back to your same question. And and I think, one, we just have to remember, for one, when we're coming to God, um, one, we have such an incredible gift in Jesus. Yes. Right? Like Jesus, this is why Jesus said, no one knows the Father. Yeah. Right, yeah, he's exactly. he's embracing this understanding that wow. Tozer or Lewis or yeah. others just are highlighting. Like, how do you even relate something if you have absolutely no context by which to define it? Yeah. And and yet, Jesus says that's you know paraphrasing badly, but this is why I'm here so that you can know the yeah, Father. Yeah, if you've seen me, you've seen the you see me, you've seen the Father, which is that hey, I am I yeah. am that bridge. Right. I am where you can actually take hold of something. And actually hold on to it yeah. in in reality yeah. because there's there's almost nothing else for you to grapple with as as a reference point right. in connecting to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but why why do you think um, why is this important? Why is understanding God as Spirit uh, important in your mind? And, and what aspects of his him being Spirit yeah. really are are critical when you're thinking about him? It's a good question. I for me, I. I'm really helped by the thought that what is spiritual is not less real than what is material. 
I think in our Western mindset, we struggle with that. We, we tend to view matter as most real. Um, but then if you, if you really look at matter and material existence, (laughs) it's, it's, it's more of a mirage than, (laughs) than it is this concrete this isn't reality, solid. right? This is just a more condensed number of atoms. <laughs> exactly. Together. Yeah, and, right. and yet we see the spiritual. It seems more concrete. Even it, there, yeah. there is more of a like essenceness to it that's more real. Yeah. Um, and and that to me is really helpful when I think about God because you know we can't imagine the Father. Um, we can't. E- we don't even know what Jesus looks like. Right. Yet we have this relationship with Him. Right. You know, so how do you relate to someone that you can't even see? Right. Uh, I think that's where knowing what spirit is is, is so helpful. It's so yeah. important to understand. Yeah. And I think I think a couple of things that we find in the practicality of this is is that, you know, when Jesus left, he said, hey, I'm sending you, you know, another comforter, the Holy Spirit. Um, so we we do understand because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have the ability to actually experientially understand something of what spirit is because we are able to interact with his Holy Spirit. And yeah. yes. And you see that throughout scriptures, yeah. right? And and it's one of those things that even you know, I, I can tell you that I've had a number of situations in my life where um I have experienced the presence of God in such a way yeah. that was so profound mm-hmm. And yet trying to define that to anyone else in a meaningful way is, is near impossible. Right. Because, again, it's, it's like I'm trying to grapple with things that I, I don't have a reference point, which is why sometimes people say I feel. But you, you say that too much, and it makes it feel like you're just an emotional it's high. Subjective. It's subjective. It's just emotional response. It's a psychological right. trick. <laughs> yeah. And yet yeah. people who, who have wow. actually gone there are always mm. like, no, 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 no. Like, my feelings may have responded, yeah. right? Right. Even the physical wow. world responds, right? Wow. We see, yeah. we see whether whether talking like God looking at Moses's request to see his face, and God's like, that would literally kill you. Yeah. Now here's a God who can do anything, and yet He's saying, in this physical reality that you live in, if you interact with Me, um, I am. There's something so grand to Me that yeah. that you can't. There, there is not a way for me to get you yeah. to me mm-hmm. right now. I mean, you know, someday Paul even says, you know, I see through a glass darkly, but yeah. someday yeah. face to face, which I think is just an amazing idea yeah. Yeah. that that if you have tasted the presence of God, it is it is transformative in our in our physical reality, yeah. in our in our walk with God. And and this idea that that this spiritual being who could easily just kind of leave us to, you know, do our own thing and move on, you know, why does he, he doesn't need us? Why is mm-hmm. he doing right, this? Right. And yet, yet is pursuing after us in such a relational yeah. way. And I think it it helps me understand why it's sometimes different mm-hmm. than than maybe my other types of relationships. Yeah. Right. How I relate to God. Even though it's relationship, like he isn't physically there, yeah, um, and and yet I can understand that and appreciate the the magnitude of the ability for me to draw near to him, and f- ultimately I find that that connection, as you were saying, is more real when I exactly. start to draw into the throne yeah. room of God and more accessible. I mean, we yeah. we read in the chapter on God's omnipresence; He's everywhere at once. Right. He, I can experience or know God. Uh, fully anywhere I'm at yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter. He's not located 
right. somewhere specific that I need to go find him. He's he's right. actually inside internal. You know, he's, yeah. he's he's near as my heart. Which is why why, why it's so profound. You know, when Jesus essentially calls the church the temple of the Holy Spirit, yeah. like the temple of God. Like we are the new place, because to the to the ancient mind and and the Jewish mind included in that, the temple was this place where heaven and earth merged it was where the two realities the spirit and the physical came together wow yeah and and yet when jesus came he released you know he he broadened the capacity for that place where heaven and earth would meet and he said you are now that place you are that place where where the two can come together yeah and i love that because if if all that we understand is just an intellectual understanding of god that leaves us so dry or so proud in yes, our pursuit of yes, God. Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge in itself. But if we are, if we're actually interacting with a God yeah. who is, who is, so other, that to come to Him is the most humbling opportunity of our lives, yeah. and yet so accessible yeah. that it is not He is not far from any one of us. How amazing and how significant that invitation becomes for our lives and how transformative as a result our experience with him yeah. becomes. Yeah. So how do you think, how do, in your mind, how do we get to that place? How do, you know, if you got students, they're home, they're hanging out, yeah. uh, maybe got a little more time, maybe just to go in their prayer closet if, if they would. Um, what, what would be your advice to engage in the spirit of God? Yeah, this time? that's great. You know, I, I, to, to bring it back to this chapter on holiness, the Holy Spirit is holy. Um, and Tozer, he points out, uh, anyone who's ever interacted with the holiness of God, that the initial reaction tends to be very common or very similar, and that is uh, one of an undoing, woe is me, you know, says yeah. Peter, says yeah. Isaiah, yeah. you know, <laughs> says Ezekiel. <laughs> says everyone, yeah. You know, Daniel is, is, yeah. is so afraid that, that Jesus actually has to come to him in the vision and, and lift him up. Right. Uh, off his face. Same with John. You know, first so profound experience I had. I think I just sucked carpet for <laughs> exactly. like an hour. I was crying because I just, which it was, you know, it was a cause and effect. It was just so profound. I, I couldn't even react in any other way. There was nothing that made sense. I just re- physically responded in, in such a yeah, profound yeah, reaction. Yeah, typically it's, it's the physical response is, is just a reaction to encountering the holiness of God. His, yeah. his holiness, as Tozer mentions, is, it's it's so other it's so yeah. he's so beyond yet he wants yeah. us to have that interaction with him he yeah. even calls us to be holy as he is holy right and so my recommendation to those who are listening to the podcast reading the book watching this would be uh to seek to know him in his holiness you know ask god to show you what his holiness is yeah. ask like get to know his holiness seek an encounter where you are on your face before him because yeah. when you when that happens you're so drawn to him you nothing else will ever taste the same again yeah nothing else Good. will quite satisfy you again after after a real encounter like that and you can have that yeah, encounter again good. and again and that's the cool thing is is as we walk with god we, that deepens that right. understanding of his holiness gets deeper yeah. um and so we are continually discovering more and more about his holiness yeah I think that's important to remember as as we're wrapping up here, but like sometimes people are just kind of sitting waiting. They hear those kinds of accounts and they're just sitting there in their room waiting for the the lightning bolt to strike yeah. them. I, instead of recognizing 
like sometimes one of the best things to do is just start by recognizing God is omnipresent. So he is yeah. here. Yeah. So start with the recognition, God, you are here. Yeah. Let your mind be filled. That's why these books and these kind of ideas help us because they help fill our minds with that reality and yeah. the profoundness of that reality. But, but then, you know, sometimes God, yeah, he, you know, if he just threw us in the deep end, sometimes that would just completely undo us <laughs> too quickly, you know? So sometimes he's, right. I feel like he starts more gently with us. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it is a, sometimes a journey of, of, you know, just kind of interacting, you know, maybe it feels like the kiddie pool and then you kind of yeah. get into the deeper side, but, but wherever we've gone, um, we've never gone nearly as far as, as we will someday or yeah. can someday. Exactly. And, and I think that's an incredible purpose to our faith to yes. recognize that like, yeah, relationship with God is the ultimate goal. So isn't that, that's cool, but I have relationships now. No, no, you don't have a relationship like this. Yeah. And what you build wow. now and yeah. how you work on it now yes. is is so fulfilling, meaningful, substantial, and significant, even to the essence of who you are, that you become more like Christ as you spend more time with Christ. Yeah. So we're sitting in our final episode of the Winter Break Coffee podcast, and I'm sitting here with Nate, Brent, and Duncan Chance. Uh, some of you who are listening don't know who Duncan is, and we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, really great, awesome man of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, we thought about sharing the story and kind of the history of CSU Chi Alpha, which started 11 years ago. So some of you who are listening to this podcast, you're third grade, fourth grade, when these guys started this ministry. I'm that old. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, we won't get into that too much. <laughs> but uh, to start us off, I will, Nate, could you just share yeah. why did you choose that Chi Alpha, specifically here in Fort Collins? Why, yeah. why did you choose Fort Collins? Why did you choose Colorado yeah. um, as opposed to... <laughs> Oklahoma, or <laughs> other than the obvious reasons, why yeah. Colorado? Yeah, besides the beauty and the mountains, um, yeah, I I love this story. And if anybody ever has more questions, I, I love telling the fuller story. But for the sake of what we're doing here, uh, I was at the University of Idaho. I was very involved on the football team. Uh, I was part of crew back then uh, at that university and loved them. But I'd seen Chi Alpha. I loved some of the things that I saw in them and. So I just felt like I had a word from the Lord that I was supposed to go to Colorado. Literally had no idea. I didn't even know the names of the universities in Colorado. Uh, I knew very little uh, growing up in the Northwest. And so I, long story short, ended up at the University of Northern Colorado. And I told the Lord, I said, God, if there's a Chi Alpha there, uh, when I go, I would love to check them out. And turns out there was really only one Chi Alpha at that time in the state. And it was at UNC. And so as that journey progressed, um, really, as I got ready to graduate, just really felt like the Lord said, this ministry, this state, this is what I have for you, and this is why I called you here. And so really just from there, it was just kind of a conversation about, okay, God, how do we take on the state? You know, in our area, which encompasses about five states, over half the college students, um, for our part of the country are in Colorado. So we were Mm. like the biggest Mm -hmm. state in our area and yet the least represented in many ways for Chi Alpha. And so I think, you know, we were, there was 
that was part of our story was like, God, how do we reach uh, such a big mm. need um, in our state? And we can get more into kind of how we developed from there in, in that original context. But, but really it was just the Lord saying, hey, Nate, I have you, Chi Alpha has a part to play in this state. And, and there's some things that, I, and you know, I think even to this day, we're still unfolding and uncovering yeah. some of that journey. So the Lord calls you, Yeah. you graduate UNC, yeah. Do you come right over to Fort Collins and you're like, <laughs> I'm just going to start meeting students on campus. Like, what right. was the next step totally. for you? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, that's a good question. And so, you know, back then, just like today, uh, you had to do a CMIT program, uh, campus missionary and training, if you were going to do Chi Alpha as a career. And so uh, our Chi Alpha was always very small and and UNC tends to have more girls than guys because of some of the classic majors that it has that pushes that side and so our Chi Alpha was even more so that way um, and so I, I basically said I asked around I said where are they like really reaching um, men hmm. well as well as the girls wow. and and then what I, I wouldn't even know what to do with a Chi Alpha <laughs> if it was bigger than like you know 25 30 students like you know, <laughs> where could I maybe learn like how do you develop yeah. a ministry and so mm-hmm. basically they the the feedback I got was Sam Houston State University is really hmm. rocking it in those areas. And I said, okay, I'll go there and, and try to learn um, from and there. And Sam Houston State, that's in Texas. Huntsville, Texas. Okay. An hour north of Houston. And uh, yeah, awesome, amazing ministry. Eli Gotro uh, was the director there at the time and uh, was the biggest Chi Alpha. May still be the biggest Chi Alpha in the country right now. But um really just was at a place mm-hmm. where they were starting to really dream about being more and more of a sending ministry themselves. And uh, I really got there in a time when it was just, it was just the right moment. Mm. Um, showed up. I was kind of this out of house guy. I was just soaking it all up. Uh, loved Texans. I loved the culture. I loved the friendliness and the community. Uh, didn't necessarily love Texas, if I'll be honest. So I just decided to take a bunch of Texans with me and come back to Colorado. <laughs> okay, and so you recruited a bunch of your friends right. that you made. Yeah, so I, I lived with Duncan, for example, uh, before he got married. Uh, we were we were uh, just lived across the hall from each other. You lived and in the laundry room. I lived in the laundry room. They just kind of threw the newbie in the laundry room. Tyler Schultz, Jake Leffler, wow. Wow. Um, Andrew Murph, they all lived in that house that year. Wow. And so... You know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. We had this, I had this big calling and uh, I just saw the power of what a team could be and could accomplish. Um, and at that point, it wasn't necessarily an overt strategy uh, by Sam Houston, but, but it was starting to kind of develop grassroots in them to say like, hey, what would it be like if we took people that knew each other, loved each other, mm-hmm. had that common relationship because that was the thing that was so fascinating csu when we pioneered i think we were the biggest pioneering team chi alpha had attempted so you know 300 campuses around the country for 60 years whatever we were the biggest thing that had happened as far as a pioneering team but that and that sounds cool and it's exciting you know and the way it was but what was what was really fascinating and has become far more the norm after that uh is is the idea that more important than that was that these were a group of guys and gals who already had pre-established relationships. They knew each other. They loved each other. And so we say it's more important who you go with than where you go. Mm. Because we've seen like the big thing, you know, we've had a number of bigger teams after we pioneered, uh, much bigger teams 
Um, and, and that probably is one of the key things that we found is most important is not the size of the team so much as like the depth um, of the relationships that you came in with. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I <clears throat> made some friends and you said, hey, guys, I have this vision. It's in Colorado. Yeah, because you love me. Do you wanna do you wanna come with me and help me take take this territory? Oh, I wind and dined them too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I flew them up there. I flew them up here. I heard it wasn't and, the best. Uh, oh, the weather was experience. horrible. It was like it was like what? It so was the coldest. It was the coldest that Fort Collins had been in 109 years. <laughs> that well, so I had them staying at this house. There was this house that Timberline Church uh, owned, like off the campus, and it was kind of like Christian co-op. So I was just trying to get to know the campus. So I lived there that year to try to get to know some students and stuff. So they let me host uh, host all of the staff. I hosted, but I I hosted all the staff there, and and it was during their finals. It was during December finals week, and the house mom had left a chicken soup can on the stove. She was trying to cook chicken noodle soup for all the students. And she left it on simmer, and it was like a time bomb. It just like started cooking out all of the broth and all of the water. <laughs> and about what was it, like three in the morning, like the coldest point of the night, all of a sudden, it all it was was chicken burning at the bottom of that of that pan, and it smoked up the whole house. We woke up to these, these poor like nineteen year old girls screaming. So they, they woke up, and there was like smoke, and the alarms were all just like blaring. So everybody's just like run, you know, like the house on fire. We all run out. I mean, half the students didn't even grab coats or <laughs> shoes, and we're out there just huddling well, all us. us from Texas. We put on our shoes. <laughs> they were the calmest, actually. They were actually the calmest. <laughs> they were actually the calmest. And, and we would find out. I mean, it was very cold, and it turns out that the fire department was already on another call, and so we had to get the guys from like the the other district or however that works so they, they, it took them longer to get to us and yeah we found it was like the coldest night in oh, fort collins no. in december in 107 years so it there was there was some you know type two fun you know, in, the in the moment yeah, yeah. that sold you right yeah. in the moment it wasn't that great but uh yeah. later it was we were it was all cool. we're all from south texas the the original team and so like cold for us is like a little bit of frost 40 degrees everything shuts down you know, so this was eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think it was, I think the wind chill, the wind chill that week was negative forty, or like negative forty. Oh man, jeez, uh, that's bad. Well, then I took you guys uh, snowboarding and skiing one day. So I, I was like, okay, well, I'll show them like the slopes. This will be a lot of fun for them. Like, yeah, I almost skied off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. We went up. Yeah, we went up uh, the longest. I thought it was a green run, but it was classic. It was, <laughs> It was the Loveland. Never skied in my life. <laughs> it was the Loveland uh, ski resort, and we we took that the longest run, the one that takes you all the way up to like the base of like the mountain, like the like, continental divide and everything. It's like above the tree line. There's no trees. It's just it's windy. Like a Thirty minute ski lift. Right? Oh, and oh, the man. wind was blowing like crazy. Yeah. We had a youth pastor with us that was visiting. Andrew Murph accidentally ran into him getting off the lift and snapped the guy's ankle. So, so we like, it's, I mean, it was just, Duncan took most of the day to get down. I mean, he, he stayed, <laughs> he, 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 but he stayed on his feet. I was going to say, but Duncan stayed on his feet. He said he didn't break any bones. He actually did it well. Uh, some of the guys were just like going hard at it and they were just like head over heels the whole way down the mountain. So that was, that, that 
maybe didn't hit the mark quite the way I thought. <laughs> then I tried to take up snowshoeing up in Essence Park, and we never quite figured out where the park was, so we just hiked up a random hillside. <laughs> wow, this sounds... <laughs> Yeah, how did you I, get up here? <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, despite you know negative forty wind chills, burnt chicken, and being stuck on the top of a mountain, in spite of all that, you decide South Texas boy to move to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan, what was it like for you and all you guys? So you and the other original, you guys have known each other for a longer period of time than time. than Nate, right? <clears throat> yep. So what was it like for you guys mm-hmm. coming? together and joining Nate and and helping start this ministry. Yeah, well, Nate said it great. He said, it's not so much where you go, it's who you go with. And so the guys that I was with, like you guys know some of these guys, Jake Leffler and Tyler Schultz and some other guys you haven't met, but um, I knew I could trust them. Hmm. And so it was almost like this collective thought, like, why wouldn't we go? Mm -hmm. If we're together, Mm -hmm. why not? I mean, Mm -hmm. Nate, Nate's cool too. But but like it was one of those things like it was a no brainer. It really was a no brainer. Yeah, we didn't. To be honest, I don't think we even really prayed about it. I think we just said yes. Mm. I think it. I mean, it was at the World Mission Summit too. No, the second World Mission Summit. Duncan and team were leading worship for it. Yeah, we led worship for that, and and uh, we we just kind of said, yeah, there's really no good reason not to go. There's Mm. no Chi Alphas there. There's like 500, at the time, I think there was 500,000 college students, no Chi Alpha, no witness, no, you know, mm. like students like facing eternity without knowing the Lord. Mm. And we're in South Texas where there's this church on every corner, mm. you know, so I was like, yeah, of course we're going to go. Mm. Like, mm. why would we, why would we say no wow. to yeah. this, you know? Mm. Yeah. So it's mm. awesome. Yeah. So one of the things that Colorado Chi Alpha and I think CSU may have got this part of the you know the sam houston dna was we we love to get rowdy and you know shenanigans have mm-hmm. a lot of fun mm-hmm. oh, yeah. what are some of your greatest or fondest memories of of pioneering here at csu maybe it's something you guys tried on campus it was like such an epic fail it's like hilarious <laughs> or just something that you guys tried to do to create a memory with with some of your guys i'd love oh, to hear gosh. what were the what would yeah. co- what did Texas mm. bring to the Colorado that Coloradans looked at you like? What are you trying to do? I don't know. I just love to hear. Stuff well, we you always guys tried. we always had steak. Mm-hmm. We yes. always, no matter what yes. we did, oh, it was a bring yes. your own meat. Yes. BYOM. Every BYOM. Yeah. And, uh, Every Friday. So like. Yeah. When we all moved up here, we all brought our stainless steel grills. <laughs> you know. So should we talk about the time we the first time we, you know. Barbecued in Colorado. So, so Nate's from another world where he thinks that barbecue is when you put meat on a hot fire and it's ready in five minutes. But where I'm from, barbecue takes all day. It's slow cooked. You know, sometimes there's a rub. So Nate goes, "Yeah, let's go barbecue." That's a that's a lot of planning. You know, it's four it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Are you eating tomorrow? But uh, we decided, so we figured out it was grilling. So, okay, so instead of using the grill, we went up to Rotary yeah. Park. Yeah. Overlooks Horse but, but we were worried because we didn't have any charcoal. And Jake Leffler had this huge uh, grill that he had brought up from Texas. Dude, this is as wide as this room. We, we, what do we call it? We call it Champ. something. Champ. 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 Yeah. 
<laughs> well, actually, I think we got the name that day, maybe, because Champ, on the way up, you know, maybe that was one of those areas, like, you're not really truck. used to thinking about how you strap things down when you're not driving up mountains on a daily basis, but the Texans come up here, and uh, we drive up Horsetooth, and Champ is not strapped in, and Champ did not make it up the mountain. <laughs> he goes tumbling out of Duncan's out truck. Of truck. Onto the road. Yeah, on the road. <laughs> And left a big old dent in the lid, but it still worked. Yeah, yeah that's, why, that's why we called that's it champ. Because yeah. yeah. we got it up there, it's and it true. still worked. It's so yeah. true. <laughs> it's all you need. So, that's all you need. Yeah, it's, it's all true. you need. It's all you need. Famously, <laughs> yep. quote there. But yeah, then Duncan proceeded to give me a dissertation on on the finer points of grilling. Uh, As opposed to barbecue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was fun. So there was always bring your own meat, yeah. and and so every Kyle event we did, every small group. Yeah, just go to the store, buy some meat, bring it. Mm-hmm. So we're always grilling meat, and mm-hmm. Jake was always making Velveeta. Velveeta, shells and cheese. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, that's the way I got involved is uh, it was Jake, Andrew, Josh, Nicholas, Tyler. I don't know if you were in that group with them or not, Duncan. Were you, were you there? Uh, when maybe. you guys first met? Maybe. I can't remember. But Jake comes up to me as I'm sitting alone by myself in the student center, just going about my day and he comes up he's like hey man uh do you like steak and i've like never been asked that question ever in any context in my life just like ldc or i make that point in uh six that was the leading question it was just, just open your mouth and whatever comes you like out steak? start the conversation yeah that i was, was like sure i guess and then one thing led another and i was eating steak with, with you guys yeah heck yeah it's always a good choice brand i think it was yeah yeah brent Brent like was kind of sketchy at first, like he wasn't really interested. But we got him to stick around. Yep. It, the, the times yeah. he came was when we were watching South Park, uh-huh. or if if Brent needed to borrow Jake's yes, pedals, yes, guitar pedals, yeah. or then we finally like, how do we get this guy to stick? And and it, we asked if he would run sound for our yes. our Thursday night meetings. And so he, he would run sound. That's brilliant. So, yeah, yep. that's brilliant. Yep. Got him. Yeah, oh, totally. man. I think I think there was such a sense of uh, togetherness mm-hmm. because these guys, you know, I mean, I was kind of an add-on, but they let me into the <laughs> into that friendship. But but there was such a sense of togetherness, and and before we got into pioneering, but afterwards, then. I think one of the most definitive moments in my mind, it was more symbolic, but the, the staff team showed up. You know, I, I was gone for a year, kind of getting things ready up here. They committed to come. They came up like August 1st or whatever you know, the first Sunday was, you know, for like a day. They kind of unpacked. And then like the first thing we did was I think Duncan and Andrew, Jake, I think, and we jumped in somebody's truck and drove over to Greeley. And we helped load the last of my director's stuff into a moving truck as he was leaving the state. Mm. And so there was kind of this sense, you know, even in Colorado, even my Chi Alpha that I had come from, um, now Duncan's, of course, re-pioneered that campus uh, since then. But, but that Chi Alpha shut down uh, while I was essentially in my internship. And so there was such a definitive moment of like, we're just kind of out here on our own, like a bunch of mm. young mm. guys and gals who have spiritual fathers that are they're all gone hmm. and and I think there was a real sense of like the Lord just saying like you need to learn to rely on each other and rely on me in ways that you haven't up until this point and, and uh, but we just we were just we just had a lot of love and laughter there was a lot of just mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and, but also intentionality I mean mm-hmm. 
we didn't get together and not talk about what we've been reading or thinking about. Like there was just a, a love for one another and for the Lord that we just kind of like invited people like you into mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Uh, which I think mm-hmm. ultimately was one of the things that was so mm-hmm. uh, attractive for a lot of the guys that first, you know, became the foundation of that ministry. Yeah. That's awesome. So one of the things that we, we like to do in Chi Alpha is, well, not this year because of COVID, but we just like to go on retreats, mm-hmm. right? That's always a big, um, a big uh, moment for us. What are some, Brent, maybe Brent, you could ask, answer this question. What is, what are some of the differences uh, from retreats when you were a student, maybe yeah. the first couple oh, of years? Now leading. And oh, now, man. now we get to go to like Utah, yeah. nice oh, yeah. big old mansions <laughs> by a lake, you yeah. know. Yeah. How you, what's people. the progression been like yeah. wow. for the Man. last 11 years? It was certainly what, a lot what, are, what are the freshmen First missing? What, was, what are they missing now? They're, they're missing the, <laughs> the true risk to your personal well-being on <laughs> getting to the retreat. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Going up to yeah. Helena, Montana oh. in January. Oh, was my first retreat experience with Chi Alpha. <laughs> Meeting, yeah, yeah. Watching on Jake's laptop in the in his Tahoe, um, watching tap. movies Snatch. We watched Spinal Tap. We watched all, Jim Gaffigan, and Jake is like driving and kind of watching, and he drives He's the whole way. Yeah, he won't let anybody. We left at like one in the afternoon, and it. I mean, it's a what fifteen hour, fourteen hour drive, Easily, yeah. Yeah. and we've got a trailer. And it's windy, and snow is blowing across the road. <laughs> I can't believe you guys made it to my, or those guys made it to my wedding because of that next year. Like year, they left Salt and immediately kept driving to, through the night yeah. in a snowstorm to get to Oregon, where where Lindsay and I got yep. married. And I, I couldn't believe they even <laughs> survived. It was it was pretty sketchy. I think that was the year we we, we had Salt in, in Butte. Yeah, yeah, but Montana, it lived up to that name. Yeah, at the uh, Copper King. At the Copper yeah. King. Yes. When, in the yeah. age, Dan, you were at that. I was out. That was, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. yeah, Dan Land. We were Dan. talking about that yeah. first uh, fall retreat where we were in Nebraska. Oh and, yeah, uh, man, yeah. Y- y'all that have been on, uh, gone to Fall Salt. You know, you just have it made. You got to know that. Um, it's true. The first fall retreat we ever did was the second year. And we went to Nebraska. Yeah. Whose decision was that? that, well, that Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming had been their Chi Alpha had been going for a much longer time. They were they were much more established, and and the director there had connections with the church <laughs> in Nebraska. That in said, the hey, we, have, we have faci- uh-huh. we have the facilities because nobody's big at that time. I mean, nobody you know it's just like a few Scott's students from CSU Scott's and a few Scott's students from Laramie, Nebraska. Oh, and so they're like, hey, we could go for cheap up there. So we we were just like okay. <laughs> we slept in the in the church yeah. floor. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. We the highlight was a zoo. I don't zoo, know if you guys yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah, the zoo. Uh, there was, <laughs> it was a terrible. How, zoo. How, what's the what's the rating of this? Uh, it was just a very show. terrible zoo. <laughs> I hope it's not any reason functional anymore because yeah. of, oh, it was it was the most sketchy thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I'm sure Peter came in and closed They have raccoons. They, yeah, uh, of all, it was it was they not featured raccoons. It's not zoo. an exotic zoo. It was, it was like common, 
Coleman Trash Wh- Whittling's teachers. <laughs> well, well, the highlight was Milo, who at that time was like a freshman and just kind of coming yeah. in and stuff. Yeah, that was and, Milo's freshman and, year. Yeah, and the monk, the monkeys <laughs> were like angry at all the people watching them. So the monk, one of the monkeys ran up, jumped up on the on the, the swing. Gate, on the sw- it was and, on a swing. Oh, was it? Yes, <laughs> and, and like. Pee on Milo yeah. through the fence. No. Is that how you guys used to do baptism? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that was a whole nother level. Yeah. yeah. Although you know what, I think it was actually that year that we actually had Dick Vogt speaking. No, so it was Paul, was Austin. Austin. Paul Austin. Was it Paul mm-hmm. that year? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I remember. It was not yeah. Dick Vogt. <laughs> <laughs> we did have him maybe the next year. Then. Yeah. We had some cool speakers. But yeah, those, those I mean, memories. no, no promotion. I don't remember there being any hype. It's just, hey, we're going to Nebraska this weekend. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we got away with so much of that stuff because there was such a sense of like, yeah. like it, it was hard to explain, especially where we're at now, which is so amazing because we see so many students and we want to impact the campus. Uh, but in that small setting, it was just a special moment because it was so small. Mm. You didn't really have to communicate much yeah. or mm-hmm. highlight anything. It was like, hey, if you're going to be part of our ministry, you're just kind of part of our lives. This is a family. It's it definitely great. family. Yeah. We talk about family yeah. and army. Yeah. And when you pioneer, it's a lot easier to be family mm-hmm. than army. Mm-hmm. And the further you get into it, it's mm-hmm. easier to be army than mm-hmm. family. So we keep fighting for the that other part. Yeah. But, but those early years were just special because the family thing was so deep. And I think that helped build the foundation for the community that we have now. That even as we've continued to grow, uh, I think I think people still talk about you know the impact of the brotherhood and sisterhood within the community. Well, I think it came from just a lot of that mm-hmm. love and laughter. And oh yeah. Just setting totally. the precedence that, you know, we can Man. love Jesus and love each other and have a good time along yeah. the way. So Brent, as a student, you like South Park. You like, <laughs> I don't know if I, guitars. <laughs> it might've been like one episode of South Park. I was watching it just to, okay. just to defend myself. <laughs> I like something. Not promoting that. Duncan does. That's yeah. okay. He'll own it. So we what was it? Really. As a student, you like steak, okay? So that mm. was like that was kind of like the initial thing. Mm. But what what was it about these guys mm. that you're like, I might stick around? Mm-hmm. What what did you notice? Yeah, there were two things I noticed. One that they had way more fun than anyone I knew. Mm. Like Duncan. Tells the best jokes. He gets me laughing every time I'm around him. I mean, look at it's us true, right now. True. I mean, we do laugh. Like, yeah. I just wanted to film this so I could hang out with Duncan <laughs> because he just knows how to laugh. And it, it was weird. It was jarring to me because I didn't associate fun or joy with following Jesus. Like, mm. I associated Jesus with boring and mm. really like limiting pleasure and having a good time. And I just saw that these guys were having way more fun than I was trying to have fun mm-hmm. outside of Jesus. <laughs> and they were doing it together. <clears throat> so there's that. And the other thing was just their passion for the Lord. Like mm-hmm. it just exceeded it, it, especially because then they were only like four or five years older than me. So not much older. I like, I'd seen some passion for the Lord in my parents and maybe their parents, my parents' generation, but not anyone close to my age. Like mm-hmm. just, all out following Jesus. And they had just moved up to Colorado to, they left their homes. And I remember going into their houses and they had these tall bookshelves, floor to the ceiling of books that were just about God. 
And at the time, I wasn't a believer, and I thought that was crazy. Like, how could you have that many books about God? Which is funny looking back at now, because yeah. you can't exaust yeah. you know, writing about God. But right. back then, it was like, man, yeah. I don't have anything else on these shelves. Yeah. And yet, it like really impressed me that they, they had this deep love for Jesus. And it was, I mean, they were in love with Jesus. Like, they didn't just go through the motions. And so I knew they had something real. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wanted to be in it. I wanted to be part of it. Wow. That's a transition. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So you guys seem to have a lot of fun in the beginning pioneer stages. And we're still having fun today, you know, 11 years later. I can imagine, though, especially in, you know, the first maybe first to three years, um, some real challenges. Yeah. Uh, what would you say were some of the hardest things that you guys experienced as a team or, you know, maybe you could just share individually, but yeah. Um, yeah. What are some, some things that you're like, man, this is, this is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Duncan, I mean, you were, this was freshest for you coming in to Colorado. Like, yeah. I mean, the thing about, so we're all, we're all missionaries. Like, you know, we left our homes and we went to places where we didn't know mm-hmm. to share the gospel and, uh, with people that had never heard it. And, um, yeah, so I mean, you know, if there's any Texans out there, you'll understand like like when you leave Texas, like that's a big step, <laughs> you know. And uh and so I mean, I, I have a great great mom and dad. Great, I was raised in a great home, great group of friends down at the Sam Houston Chi Alpha. And not that I didn't have great friends up here, but just being away from everything I knew. Yeah. You know, and the people that leave the United States to be missionaries overseas like they they experience this to a even greater degree than me but just being away Mm -hmm. from from everyone i knew everyone Mm -hmm. i loved you know you start missing birthdays mm -hmm. you miss you miss christmas you miss all these like events that you're just you just used to doing you know and then and then you you get you get i got really homesick Mm -hmm. to be honest but uh and then uh my wife Lori, some of you might know Lori. like uh, we we got pregnant that first year on campus and well, not on campus, but <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, post post. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we we found out we were having our first kid, and um, so we had to kind of go through all that without family, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so we had to learn how to be parents for the first. No mm-hmm. one else on staff mm-hmm. had kids yet. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't for the next two years, mm-hmm. and so um, or maybe longer. I don't remember, but. Uh, it was it was rough trying to figure out how to be a parent for the first mm. time and not having your mom and dad here to kind of coach you through that. Mm. I mean, we never had like we could never drop off our kids at our parents' house. Mm-hmm. We had to just not that I don't love my kids around, but you know, it's just these little things mm-hmm. you don't think of. Mm-hmm. Um, just leaving what you're familiar with to go to the unfamiliar. Yeah. It's it's mm. it's not always easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then of course, yeah, I drove a two-wheel drive pickup truck, and so I was always getting stuck. And, <laughs> you know, I didn't know how to drive in the snow, and so just even little things like that. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No real barbecues. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You can find them, but we had to find them. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nate? What was something as a as a director as you're leading this mm-hmm. team? Yeah. What were, what were some of the unique challenges for mm-hmm. you? Maybe as a director, but then also that you saw collectively with you with yeah. the team that you're fighting with. Yeah, I you know I think that when when we left um, 
the Chi Alpha at Sam Houston State, especially for all of my friends that came with me, um, but myself as well. But there, it was such a strong culture. It was such a strong community uh, that had really had a lot of core convictions fought for so well. Um, and that's if that's what you know and if that's what you're used to, um, and then all of a sudden you kind of lose that that community, those convictions, that culture all at once, and you're just kind of, even with, that's why the team is so critical to have that pre-established relationship. But even still, you know, I think, I think just working through like, hey, like if we're gonna honor, we have to like do that now. Like we have, mm. we have to be the voice that sets the tone because we don't have, <laughs> you know, the Gotros or the Jason Bells or the other people who are like doing that or communicating mm-hmm. that. Like we have to be those people now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I, it's funny because I, I, we're far enough in, you know, I talk to young people in our ministry and it's like, you know, you know, someday you might, you know, you're going to have to be, you know, Brent's going to leave. You're going to have to be the Brent of the future. Or, you know, they just kind of give me this look like, oh, I could never be that. I'm like, I remember when Brent <laughs> was you saying, I could never be Jake yeah. when Jake yeah. leaves. Yeah. Or, you know, like, and so, I mean, it's beautiful now in hindsight, but I think it was so, mm. it was, it was really hard to realize like, hey, you know, we started to see like our own flaws in, in fresh ways mm-hmm. um, with each other. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the teammates really went through, I mean, I, you know, it wasn't always just uh, fun. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had real yeah. conflicts with mm-hmm. the team, you know, that we had to really work through that mm-hmm. could have genuinely become divisive if we weren't careful and if we didn't mm-hmm. fight for each other mm-hmm. um, and give each other a sense of grace and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that the idea of constant forgiveness and all that, if we mm-hmm. didn't express that, I mean, we, we would have been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we had some real hard moments yeah. where we went through traumas mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and it would have just been real easy just to kind of mm-hmm. say this, that I don't know if this is worth it. And like, let's just mm-hmm. go back to what's safe and what we know mm-hmm. instead of fighting for wow. realizing someone else had done that for us. And so we needed to now do that for the, for someone else. Wow. Yeah. And I think that's our heart mm-hmm. in being kind of a, having, always having that sending culture in our mm-hmm. Chi Alpha is, is like there are places that need someone to fight for them to have what hopefully uh, our students have had with us, at least at some level. And, you know, hopefully better even, but, mm-hmm. but in that sense of like you guys maybe sometimes feel like it's safe where you're at in a community of mm-hmm. honor mm-hmm. and love and affirmation and diversity. But, but, that's because Duncan and Brent and others stepped up and fought for that where it wasn't there. Mm. Um, and someday the Lord's going to call you to do that somewhere as well. Yeah. So time, some of that stuff really hard, uh, especially, you know, not having family around, you know, first child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were all newlyweds too. Mm-hmm. Like the, those yeah. of us that are on team were, that were yeah. married. Yeah. Like, I was the first married, but by the time we moved to Colorado, we'd only been married for not even two years yet. Mm-hmm. So we were still figuring out how to be married and yeah. what that was like. You know? mm-hmm. So through all the hardship, what was it? Because, you know, you experienced trauma. You experienced, you know, somewhat, you know, angst amongst the team. A lot of times you could just, you know, this isn't, this is too much. It's not worth it. What, was there a moment or maybe a mm-hmm. certain story that you're like, okay, even with all the hardship, sometimes the loneliness, the homesick, like this moment was like, okay, now 
I can make it through this stuff because mm. this is why. This is yeah. so worth it. This is why it's worth it. Was there a big win that you remember? Mm. I want to tell a story about Brent. Mm. Um, so the first first year on campus, we went to uh, Salt. It was just called Salt then. It was held over winter break. Mm-hmm. And like Brent shared, you know, that crazy, dangerous road trip <laughs> up to Helena. Through Wyoming. Yeah, just, just in, horrible. In the winter. Just horrible. <laughs> Like, like if yeah. you make it to salt, <laughs> you win. You yeah. win. <laughs> so, so I remember the um, the speaker at salt was a guy named Gilbert Contreras, and he was a missionary in South America somewhere. And uh, he, he we, we loved him because he read old dead guys, mm-hmm. and we were like, oh man, this guy. we didn't ever heard of him before. And we we're like, oh, he's quoting Ian Bounds, you know, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And so. Uh, Brent was like, like he had come to some small groups, but pretty unfaithfully, you know, and same mm-hmm. with Chi Alpha, but mm-hmm. uh, with the Thursday meeting. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brent came to, to Fall Salt, or to Salt, it was just called Salt. And uh, I remember he and I, and, and it was a couple other guys, we were all rooming together in this hotel room. Mm-hmm. And it was, like the, it was like the second or third night of the conference. I came back to the, the hotel room, and Brent was on the floor with a with the hotel like Gideon Bible. Yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah. Is that what it, it was? was? Yeah. I didn't bring a Bible. Yeah. It yeah. was like the like in the nightstands there's mm-hmm. these Gideon Bibles, nice. you know. Mm-hmm. So he had the hotel Gideon mm-hmm. Bible mm-hmm. and he was just weeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I walked in and I was like <laughs> Brent <laughs> you okay man? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's like, Yeah, yeah. And and I was like, Man, you you spending time with Jesus? And he's like yeah, <laughs> you know? and you know, I was like, yes. "Okay, well, yeah. have fun." And I left, you know. But but so the Brent that yeah. we all know yeah. and love now, mm-hmm. I mean, because I'm not giving us credit, God mm-hmm. gets all the glory for that. Mm-hmm. But praise the Lord yeah. that He used us and that we were able to 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 see the beginnings of mm-hmm. that, you know. And so that at that point, you. you you know, leaving home and leaving mom and dad, like that stuff becomes pretty small mm. when you see stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. This was, this was worth it. No, absolutely. Man. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And now Brent's still on staff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah. so cool. Mm. Praise wow. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. So Nate, you mentioned uh, talking about how you just had someone fight for you. All you guys experienced someone fighting for you and, mm-hmm. and, inviting you into you know brotherhood and experiencing yeah. love of god and so now you wanted to do that for someone else and how you wanted um csu kafa to be a part of that that have that be part of the, its legacy of like yeah. sending yeah and 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 enabling other students on other campuses to experience the same thing yeah. that you guys had experienced in students like brent and milo um, and mm-hmm. others, you know, countless others mm-hmm. uh, who have experienced, you know, the, the joy and, and love of Christ and then brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And so now we have Duncan. Uh, Duncan is no longer here on staff, but he's actually serving at your mm. alma, mater. Al- alma mater. So mm-hmm. how did that... Mm. How did that story even happen? Did yeah. you just go to Duncan one and be like, "Hey, Duncan, this is your assignment now," or, yeah. <laughs> or was Duncan like, "Did you guys have You're a conversation?" <laughs> was it a burden on Duncan's mm-hmm. heart? And maybe Duncan can speak to that too. But maybe yeah. Nate, if you want to, I don't know, yeah, start us on that. I'll, I'll kind of softball pitch, and then Duncan can kind of give his own perspective. But I mean, I think 
even on that initial trip when when Duncan and the and the whole crew kind of came up for that for that kind ski of vision, <laughs> yes, yeah, vision, visionary trip, Burnt whatever. Chicken. Yeah, <laughs> cold nights. And, you guys couldn't find yeah. Estes Park. We could well. We found Estes the, Park. The, we couldn't find the, the, the Rocky Mountain Rocky. National Park, which is like right just there, a bit down the road. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. We were, we were just so we're walking lost. around the block downtown. Oh, we were so in lost. our snowshoes. <laughs> Only time I ever ever up there was with my director. He always drove. I was like, where did we go? I think it was up here somewhere. Probably using MapQuest. <laughs> no, not even that. I printed, like, hey, printed, printed out the printout of yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, I think. Even in that initial trip, like, I was basically <laughs> telling them, like, you know, something we talk about is, like, blessed to be a blessing, right? Like, you, you should never mm. see the blessing of the Lord while you can look at it as God's love to you. And that's true. It's never just that. Mm-hmm. Abraham is blessed to the nation for, you know, to bless all people. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's there's this idea of... Yeah. God's blessing is always for something grander than yourself. And so I think, you know, even in that initial visioneering trip, we, you know, I was talking to them like, hey, CSU is just the right place for us to reach Colorado. But, but we, need to, we need to start here and build, you know, a kind of ascending ministry um, in the way that Sam Houston was starting to really develop that, that culture. We wanted to kind of learn from them and, and follow in their footsteps. And, and so we... Sometimes I'll talk about like you know, we talk about transgenerational discipleship, you know, and we talk about ministries should should also be held to like the same vision mm-hmm. that we're calling our students or the parishioners to do. Like, hey, we also want to replicate um, ministries, uh, ministries replicating ministries, and so that way mm-hmm. we can see the lar- more of the world reach. So that was part of the initial vision. Um, we, we started talking about Greeley, and then we really just felt the Lord calls to, to Russia first. And I think that was because he wanted, you know, hey, don't plant someplace until you guys have modeled hmm. a cross-cultural heart first. You know, you want the DNA to all be there. And I think that was part of that. But, but you know, then we, we got back from Russia, and we started getting real serious about, like, hey, how do we hmm. reach, you know, reach the states? You know, we, how do we kind of move forward with that? So Duncan really responded to that that vision and that heart so i don't know how you want to articulate yeah really just um <laughs> I, at the time i was the uh, intern director here at csu and mm-hmm. part of the internship is uh, focuses on team pioneering and so for three years i sat in that chair and and vision casted to these young interns mm-hmm. that we need to not be about our kingdom we need to be about the kingdom mm-hmm. and so we need to send out teams to all these all these mm-hmm. campuses that don't have a witness, you know, and and all the while God kept challenging Lori and I. Mm-hmm. Well, why not you? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm no, I send them, you know, <laughs> but that's not it's not me, you know. But but I remember it was way back in like 2013 or something. I remember I had like a dream that I was living in Greeley. Who dreams about this? Wow, that's you not know? that's not a normal dream. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hawaii, <laughs> baby. Yeah, and Texas, sure. Woke up from a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was it was weird. And then I and then I had like people asking me like, "Hey, are you from Greeley?" And it was just one of those wow. like weird things. And um, and so you get to this point where you get a restless heart, you know. Yeah. Wow. And 
we hmm. one one of the one of the things Probably. that really led us to Greeley is this idea of not so much calling, but obedience, mm-hmm. um, which is more Im- not more important, but I feel like we should be obedient before we look for what our calling is. You know, yeah. And so um, wow. the Bible teaches us to go make disciples, to preach the gospel um, by the power of the Holy Spirit until the Lord returns. Um, that's the commandment of the gospel. And there was no one in Greeley. And um, we could have just waited for somebody to go there. Um, mm. But but waiting was not part of the commandment, you know, mm. uh, w- waiting for someone else to go. That's not the commandment. The commandment was to go. And so um, with the vision, Nate... Nate's vision was always not CSU, but the state of Colorado. Yeah. And so we didn't we didn't move up to Fort Collins for Fort Collins. Yeah. We moved up for the state. Come on. Right? Yeah. yeah. And wow. at that point we hadn't really sent out anyone to the to the state yet. No. Mm-hmm. Russia was starting to, to, mm-hmm. to gain some momentum, but we hadn't sent anyone to the state yet. Mm-hmm. And so we got to this point where, where Lori and I felt like like we had to make a decision, you know, um, and it was so cool how, how it manifested. It was, I think it was in 20, um, 2016, no, it was in 2015. I came to Nate and I said, I think this is what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. And, but we're going to give God a year. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't speak in a year, we're just going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Right. And mm-hmm. so we call me to stop or else we're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. we went a whole year wow. and we prayed and we fasted regularly and at the end of that year, God had not stopped us and had not closed that door and said he had opened a lot of doors. Wow. And so we said yes to Greeley, mm-hmm. um, but we still had another year on staff here. So we finished out that year knowing we were going to go to Greeley. And then we just went. And um, God never zapped us. He never mm-hmm. wrote on the wall. Mm-hmm. He never. Uh, mm-hmm. There was no audible voice. Mm-hmm. It was just scripture. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just obedience. That got us there, and um, Greeley is not the sexiest place, but um, but we've seen a lot of fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, wow. the, we're in our third year there, and it's just been amazing. Wow. We've yeah. we've got oh, half of our Chi Alpha is signed up to go on short term missions. Oh come on, half oh, of awesome. our Chi Alpha. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's amazing. It's just it's great. The Lord's in doing COVID. great stuff there. God gets the glory. Yeah, during COVID, wow. we we yeah. doubled in size during COVID. Praise God! And, wow, uh, it's amazing. Half God, the Chi Alpha is going on missions. Thank you, Jesus. So. Uh, Duncan, I'd love you to speak to you. So you said there was no writing on the wall. There wasn't this audible voice. You know, you said it was just scripture. Could you speak to maybe to a student who might be listening, who's like considering different things and um, they're just unsure, you know, like what would you say to a student about like being obedient with what they someone who's truly wanting to mm-hmm. follow the will of God yeah. mm-hmm. but they're just like unsure mm-hmm. what would you what would you maybe speak to them encourage them in yeah and maybe you guys could also speak to that as well because I think sure. you guys might be able to do a better job than me but uh, I'll say this mm-hmm. is that we tend to in the church especially in the west we tend to idolize our calling mm. And we tend to hold that above mm. obedience, wow. and so we really focus on where and what and like, and and uh, oh my gosh, like what what's my calling in mm. life? You, you know, you know, it's like when you if you're a ra- if you if you like rap music before you get saved and then you get saved, you want to be a rapper for Jesus, you mm. know? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those mm. things. Like um, that is, I think that's more like the gospel than what we've made it, mm. because um, the guy who wants to be a rapper for Jesus 
isn't sure that's his calling. He just knows he likes rap music hmm. and he wants to now do it for Jesus. Wow. Come on. Right? So, wow. so I think we need to get back to that childlike um, huh. a view of, of calling. And it's, it's never, it's never a, Lord, do you want me to do this? It's always a, Lord, do you not want me to do this? And if so, just close the door. I'm thinking of Acts chapter uh, 16, um, Paul's second missionary journey. Um, if you read verses 1 through 10-ish, somewhere in there, this is like before uh, he gets the vision of the man from Macedonia. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, uh, he's on his way. Uh, second missionary journey, he's got some brothers with him, which is super important. He doesn't go alone. He has his brothers with him, and he doesn't have all the answers. He just knows that he has a mandate from Jesus mm -hmm. to go to the to the places that don't know him, mm -hmm. right? That's his mandate. And so the, if you actually read through those scriptures, he the Holy Spirit stops him a couple times from making some wrong steps, right? Mm -hmm. So it says he, uh, the Holy Spirit stops him from going into Asia, and mm -hmm. then so they go down to... Iconium and Lystra and the Holy Spirit stops them from going this way and then they end up in Philippi where they're imprisoned right so it's like wow did we make a mistake mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. no because you remember what happens next mm -hmm. the jailer mm -hmm. his whole household wow. gets saved yeah. because they were willing wow. to go without all the answers yeah. and we would have never had that story if they just sat back and yeah. waited for that's all good. the answers. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And so that's what I mean when I say God didn't necessarily call us. We just yeah. we were just we just knew the mandate of the gospel and no one was in Greeley, mm -hmm. so let's just go there. Yeah. Yeah. And something else that you said as you were leaving that always always stuck with me was you guys also chose to stay in Colorado because you trusted Nate and Lindsay. Yes. And their leadership. And Nate is a district director, you know, he oversees not just CSU but also Colorado as a state for Chi Alpha yeah. and you saying that it just really struck me how honoring that was, how um, that decision was made out of love and you're leaving. Um, how, how you know, I think that it was obedient is it, it brought blessing to the community. You know, it, even though it, it was like left this incredible hole that you weren't here anymore, you know, you were such a foundational part of my development and walking with the Lord and like, so many ways preaching internship in resource group we were in resource together under nate actually we were we were all yeah. we were smell group leaders at the same time and yeah. you know you just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you were you were such a part of my life and it was like i couldn't imagine you leaving but the way you did it was so right and it was so honoring to the community to nate to everyone around you that it yeah. it actually you called me up higher mm -hmm. um and i remember you sitting down with me and challenging me and and just telling me like what I need to do to take on this next season. Yeah. And you've remained a friend. You've remained somebody that is a brother, you know. And and it's like we we're still linked in arms, mm -hmm. even though you're in a separate, a different town now, you know. But it's like we're in this together. And I just love that about you, Duncan. Awesome. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's good. awesome. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I think, uh, Duncan, you stepping out. You said three years ago? No, four years ago, you guys left CSU, and you've been on, or is it three years ago, and this is now your third year? So Yeah, we're on our third year on campus. So yeah. you've left. Yeah. We left in the summer of 2017. Okay. We fundraised for a year. Yeah. And then we started in 2018. So were you the first one, or Russia would have been first? Russia, Russia would have been first. first. Yeah. That was Jake. Mm -hmm. Jake and Shelly won. Actually, it was Nate. 
I guess, yeah, and Nate Lindsay went first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so right. Brent was actually part of the yeah. – Brent had been on staff for a year when, when we were really wrestling with this. And, and long story short to that, but we just really felt like the Lord was telling us that, that we needed to also go, like that we needed to model. Like if you're going to send, you need to go, and, and that whole principle. And and so we went to Russia. Brent was, was young on staff, and mm-hmm. we just asked him, hey, would you join us? We'd love to do mm-hmm. this with you. Uh, and it was so cool because I think our friendship was always yeah. never yeah. was never what it was before that, but was forever changed as a Absolutely. result of that. Absolutely, yeah. and mm-hmm. one of the funnest years of just ministry, yeah, uh, despite seriously. one of the most challenging. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah. We didn't know what we were doing in yeah. totally different cultures. Yeah. So yeah, we just. Mm-hmm. But but um, yeah, you know I think from from there, um, you know we we pioneered Russia and we came back and then. You know, we started kind of, we didn't really have a long-term strategy. We just kind of like, we're going to keep going. Really, God and how Jake kind of came into that story, and we probably don't have time for that right now, but but Jake kind of took it on and said, hey, I'll, I'll be the long-term um, guy on the ground, mm-hmm. Jake and Shelly, a couple uh, on the ground to, to lead that. And and so we came back, and, and now we're kind of in that new season again of like, so much of what even over 11 years of building up mm. Duncan kind of leading the way here in the States and kind of building mm-hmm. the foundational convictions of our community for foreign missions and for going and some of these core principles being modeled, you know, now we're actually at a place where in a, in a much more kind of season of harvest of sorts to that vision. Now we're mm. seeing a number of teams go around and mm-hmm. Brent going back to Russia and, mm-hmm. and helping lead that and, mm-hmm. Four other pioneering teams around Colorado, another one out of state, uh, you know, Wheeler's with Portugal. Uh, and so our Chi Alpha at the moment is the largest sending uh, Chi Alpha ministry. Like we're sending, we're pioneering more Chi Alphas than, than any Chi Alpha in the country right now for this moment. Mm. Uh, but I think it's mm. in a large part because of the guys here that, that modeled yeah. and went yeah. and, yeah, and totally. helped kind of lay that foundation Absolutely. for our community's convictions. Wow. Uh, and students today um, hopefully pick up on some of that because mm-hmm. it, it's just like this is this is this, this is who we are. Much. This yeah, is who too. we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly have been building up to yeah. you know, even wow. since I was thirteen the Lord's mm-hmm. saying you're gonna go to Colorado someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think ultimately in so many ways uh, this moment has has been in the Lord's heart uh, for many many more years wow. than it's ever been in ours mm. and we're just now catching up to something of what he's been doing for a long Come time on. now yeah. yeah that's so good mm. man it's, it's so cool to see you know you said it when you're 13 mm. God you know gave you this vision or gave mm. you this word about yeah. Colorado you're like I don't yeah. even know where that is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm 13 I'm gonna go play now <laughs> you I think it's that one, one of the square God. states but I'm not sure <laughs> I, just, uh, yeah, I couldn't have I don't think I could have pointed that on a map, honestly. <laughs> but it's cool to see how God spoke to you. You brought these guys, you know, 12 years ago and said, mm-hmm. cast a vision for not just Fort Collins, but yeah. for Colorado. Yeah. And then, you know, wanting to be a blessing. You know, yeah. we're blessed to be a blessing. And yeah. sending, you know, going to Russia. Yeah. <clears throat> sending out Duncan and Lori. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now seeing these other teams. Yeah. And that's, we're not even talking about the church plants that are starting to develop. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Chi Alpha is, is we, you know, we want to pioneer Colorado, Chi Alpha's in Colorado, because we want, through that, we are going to, you know, 
blessed to be a blessing as we reach this state, uh, our capacity to, to send into the nations, uh, hmm. disciple makers, to, to be able to Im- influence the church uh, in this wow. season of the world yeah. to like for our state to say, mm. hey, that's what the church needs. It uh, mm. doesn't matter if it's, you know, once you realize like making disciple makers is, is at the core of God's heart, everything else is just context. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's campus ministry or mm-hmm. church ministry or marketplace or, or foreign missions, you know, it's all context to, to that to that heart. And so, you know, I, I think it's exciting as we're kind of getting there because it's not about like, hey, let's let's pioneer more Chi Alphas for its own sake, but it's also yeah. to a larger extent like, hey, how do we how do we see our state become more like Christ? Yeah, and, and I think you know you really see the campus ministry is where where that can happen if college students would raise up their convictions in their hearts, say, as, as once college students said in a great awakening, uh, we can do this if we will. Yeah, and come on. So that's yeah. where we're at now. Man, praise God for vision and for obedience that he yeah. gives yeah. us, mm-hmm. the power to be obedient and just submit our lives to him. So, man, this was fun. Mm-hmm. This is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Duncan, thank you so much yeah, for the guest yeah. appearance, man. Yeah, that was great. Honored. Come on. Yeah. It was great. And, uh, Can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be awesome. So thanks for making the time, guys. And uh, again, uh, hope you guys tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed our podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And that concludes our Winter Break podcast. We hope to see you all next week on campus. 